Welcome to Unsuitable on Ray Radio, the award-winning financial services and business advisory podcast that challenges your old school business practices and the traditional business suit culture. Our guests are industry professionals and experts who will challenge you to think beyond the suit and tie while offering you meaningful modern solutions to help enhance your company's growth. And I'm your host, Dave Kane. From word processing to filing taxes, there's a software solution for everything these days. As society continues to change and legislation alters the way business is done, people smarter than me are hard at work developing programs to address these changes. Take the recent Supreme Court case, South Dakota versus Wayfair, for example. Overnight, the way companies calculated and paid taxes in different states changed. Fortunately, solutions were immediately available to make the changes a little more tolerable. Today's guest is Kathy LaMonica, a senior manager and technology consultant on Ray's state and local tax team. Kathy is located in Brown's country, Cleveland, Ohio, and Kathy is here to talk to us about the various tech solutions available and how they can save businesses from costly fines and penalties now that Wayfair is the law of the land. Welcome to Unsuitable, Kathy. Thank you. Good Good. to be here. Great. uh, Thanks for traveling down 71 to... uh, Dublin, Ohio. Beautiful. Beautiful the, drive. Uh, Ray Radio <laughs> headquarters here in Dublin, Ohio. So what we want to do today is uh, is kind of take a, a, a crack at some of the software that's out there that uh, maybe can help uh, our listeners with some of their state and local compliance. So, sure. so let's start with the uh, maybe the Wayfair, some fallout from the Wayfair. What did you see the last couple months with, with your clients and the Ray clients? Well, I, for the most part, what I'm seeing across the board and ever since Wayfair and, and in the, the fall as the legislation has come into play is my clients are panicking. They have, you know, they hear about Wayfair. They have no idea what it's going to mean for them, how they're going to cope with the extra compliance burden, what they're going to do. So we, as the SALT group, have looked at all different ways of figuring out where they have nexus, where they have exposure. But then at the end of the day, you say, okay, you have nexus in 46 states. What are you going to do about it? So that's where I come into play. So that's where I come with the software solutions, the options for simplified processes, automating different processes, and try to walk them through and make sure they realize it's not as big and scary. You know, you've got you've got a solution. That's the I that's do the important have a solution. Thing. And and let's stay on the uh, the wafer because you're right. I think we're hearing a lot of uh, the media got the word out, and I, mm-hmm. and I think our clients are saying, "What is this all about?" Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, like you said, stepping back and say, well, "What are we going to do with all these right. multiple states? We can't possibly file in forty states, thirty states, twenty states." And mm-hmm. um, you know, what what states are you seeing now that are probably the very aggressive states. I think in general, the states like California, Illinois have always been pretty aggressive, but I'm seeing new players on the field with um, Indiana sending out, hiring third-party consultants to mine data to see who's selling into their state and then sending out letters to these clients and saying, hey, you have enough sales in your state, you should be registered. So, I mean, the states, the usual suspects are always going to be there looking for ways. And some of the letters came out almost immediately to to people people who were over a certain threshold of sales. But I I think clients have to understand that you can't just think, I'll wait and see and let them come get me. Because I think the states are aggressively trying to come get them. Right. You know, the landscape has changed. And one of the things that we've noticed in in our discussions is you can't make that business decision and let people just come find you. Right. 
because that liability continues to absolutely just develop and develop, and it actually will impact the value of your business. Right. And we've seen that too, where either a client is being bought or they're looking to buy somebody and how they got to look at, you know, successor liabilities and was the company previously doing it right or wrong? And and if they're not, you, you know, you can cut your price of what you're offering because they have all this exposure. So you're seeing it on every different level. And the people who are kind of trying to blindly say, oh, let them come get me. It's like, mm, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there's twofold. Like you said, the due diligence and due diligence uh, in, in with your experience, it doesn't take long for you to uncover a big liability Absolutely. from unfiled state taxes plus penalty plus interest mm-hmm. year after year. Right. You know, we have an example, and I'm sure you can share one, but, you know, share one that we're working on now is uh, a state, uh, California, you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're starting in 2014. Mm-hmm. And so by the time this is all complete, you know, it's going to be like a five year deal. Right. Now, you know, there weren't a lot of sales, a lot of activity in that state. But still, you start adding a little bit here, 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 and here, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden that liability is pretty significant. Yeah. And I think one of the issues that I see a lot with my clients are the wholesalers who think, oh, I don't have this exposure because I'm selling to companies for resale. But their exposure comes because they're not collecting the right exemption certificates. And so it, once they're aware that that's actually contributing more than they think it is, it's eye-opening for sure. them. Sure. And, uh, you know, our auditors here at Ray also are telling us, you know, they're taking a, uh, a very hard look, second look at these unrecorded liabilities mm-hmm. as well. So, you know, it could affect, you know, your financial statements, Absolutely. your ratios, your loan covenants. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things in play here. Mm-hmm. So again, like you'd mentioned, a business decision not to do anything is probably not the way to go. Right. Right. And we can help them all along that process up before they even get to the software issues with if they have exposure going through voluntary disclosures and trying to limit their penalties and interest for the the past years of exposure. If they don't do anything, it's wide open. Right. The state and probably what you're seeing if they're going back to 14, I mean, they can go back to the beginning your time your company started doing business. And then it's up to you as the, the customer to prove to them... <laughs> We haven't, right. we don't have this nexus or we have coverage. So, you know, I found it interesting on the Ray website in the bio and their people, you tell a story about a, a pretty significant client that mm-hmm. they were making uh, multiple journal entries each and every month. I mean, Tax multiple, cri- multiple, multiple, multiple entries. And it's because their software just wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't it, getting it right. No. And exemption certificate management, um, tax credits, the customers, the, the, the client's AR people were overriding sales orders and not charging the right tax rate because they were changing the address and not updating to the right state. It was crazy. I mean, hundreds of tax credit adjustments because you'd get your customers coming back like, you shouldn't have charged us this tax. We haven't, whatever. For whatever reason it is, but huge. Right. And they actually had a software, but they had done so much behind the scenes to counteract it that it Took it away. Just blew up yeah, on it just took it away. Yeah. It took away the effectiveness. You so. know, I I mentioned in the uh, intro that you're from Cleveland Browns country. <laughs> uh, you a Browns fan? 
I'm more of a Jets fan. I am originally from New York, but I root for the Browns, except when they're playing the Jets. The Jets. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, a lot, not a lot of people step up the plate and say, I'm a Jets fan. Yeah, I know. They don't. So, I know. So, it's kind of like being a Browns fan. Oh, well, it is. It, totally. <laughs> we, we understand. So, so good. But, you know, let's, let's talk about this software. Is mm-hmm. this, um, when you're talking about software, you're talking about, you know, my general ledger package, like a QuickBooks software? Or something beyond so that. So we're talking beyond that. You know, a lot of my clients or our clients that I've seen are using QuickBooks. Um, some might be using something more um, robust like an SAP. But what I'm talking about is add-on third-party sales right. tax specific software. And and there's a couple different vendors that I'm experienced with. I'm actually a certified Vertex implementation specialist, but I've come around to Avalara, which is the, the other one that's out there. And they take that to not only determining uh, product taxability, but helping you manage exemption certificates, getting the rates. There's 12,000 rates, 12 to 15,000 rates, jurisdictions in the country you got to manage. And I tell you, they change every month. Different localities change. Knowing how to source your sales. The software takes that process and really streamlines it for you. So it kind of integrates. Integrates perfectly. With um, any other software. Yeah. And a lot of these softwares have built-in connectors, like a lot of the ERP systems, right. uh, so that you can connect them relatively. So, so. You, if, if someone's wanting to get started with, with implementing mm-hmm. a new software, let's say, hey, look, you know, QuickBooks, you know, it's, it's, it's fine for the, you know, the debits and the credits and the receivables, but we need to dive into more of the sales part of it. Mm-hmm. And there's another piece of software or several software mm-hmm. out there that you would recommend that a company says, hey, let's take a look at this. Yep. Yep. And and it there it varies like your needs. I mean, if you're just an internet reseller selling through Amazon, there's just something as small as called tax jar. It's out there. And it does a very basic same kind of concept. If you're dealing with a massive manufacturing company with sales and use tax, you're going to look at a Vertex hard-coded system. And then there's everything in between. Right. And the costs, you know. Is it user-friendly? Some of them, more than others. but Just once, like anything else. Yeah. It, it, it's, you know, if you don't set it up right, if you don't implement it right, you know, it's garbage in, garbage out. You got to get it right from the beginning. You got to control the process. and. So a couple things that and again, want to pick your brain a little bit on the software. It'll help us talk about what is uh, what is taxable mm-hmm. for sales tax, and what sales tax rate should mm-hmm. be charged within the yep. jurisdiction. Which again sounds simple, but I think uh, we all know our clients have struggled with that mm-hmm. or have charged the wrong rate. Right, absolutely happens a lot. And and you know, just sourcing issues. Like if you're in Ohio and you're selling to an Ohio customer, it's sourced to where you're actually physically located, not the customer. Like it's an origin based. If you're selling to California, it's a destination based. If you have a manufacturing plot plant in California and a customer in California, it's or it's a modified origin. The software helps determine all that for you. So you don't, as the person, have to make that decision as you're putting an order right. through what right. tax rate should be rated. Right. So you can get down to business instead of uh, trying to figure exactly. this out or guess. Right. Right. Or just say, hey, I'm going to put it all in Ohio. Right. And I, th- you know, I think that's a good, uh, you know, segue into another discussion. Is this is not a, a discussion about more tax? I think it's the same about the same tax. It's just spread over many different to jurisdictions. The right. Thing. right. But I think what, what we both experienced is 
hey, this, like in my case, uh, we talked about that state of California is from 2014. Well, back in 14, I think we had uh, reported those sales as all Ohio sales. Mm-hmm. And depending on what state, even when we settle up with California, by the time it is, there's no way we can go back to Ohio and say, I want a refund. No. Or other it, states. Right. So, right. so what we have are statute of limitations that are expiring or could expire. Yep. So the next few years, it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be a challenge, mm-hmm. and of course, the software can can help us. Yep. You know, let's talk about the compliance burden and how mm-hmm. software and automation can simplify the filing process. Right. So a lot of these programs, you know, they we already talked about the forefront, and it figures out the taxability and the jurisdiction and the sourcing. Well, at the end of the month, you got to file. So if you're in 46 states and monthly filings, that's 46 times 12 times, you know, ever. And it can get really burdensome just getting the forms correct, getting them out. But a lot of these softwares not only will help you get a PDF ready form that you transfer the data, they have some of the software companies have actual people who will do the returns for you. Ray can always do those kinds of returns for you as well. But it gets you a report at the end of the month that breaks it down the way you need to report it for that state. It will free up time for those people that are spending hours, you know, trying to dummy up an Excel spreadsheet and try to make it work. Dummy (laughs) up an Excel spreadsheet. That's pretty good. And make it into the perfect... You mean you know, that, that that line item that says other? Yeah. And there's another yes. in there and that makes it balanced to the general ledger? You mean <laughs> right, that? That, th- one, that, that one. That one. Okay. Well, so, I've never done that. <laughs> nice. So it, it definitely simplifies that reporting compliance burden. I think the other thing I want to mention is like, and I've told this to clients before, if you do sales tax correctly, it shouldn't cost you anything because it's a pass-through. It should go to your customer. I mean, you might have customers who are annoyed that they got to pay tax now, but it should be something that's a flow through and works. You're going to have a compliance burn. Maybe you're paying more for software than you ever used to, but you're not, you shouldn't be paying the sales tax on behalf of your, your customers. So you want to make sure that's being flowed through properly. Yeah. I want to make sure I understand this uh, uh, correctly. When we talk about state and local tax compliance, you know, the first thing that jumps out, you know, is the sales tax because that Mm -hmm. was the Wayfair. That's what everybody's thinking. But also, there's income tax. Mm-hmm. So, at, at, at both certainly the, the federal level, we know that, but right. the various states mm-hmm. and also the uh, local level, the municipalities. Yeah. yeah. So, so, the software stuff, the piece that you're talking about and the consulting you do in that area will help with all levels of the taxation. Yes. Most of the software that I talk about is sales and use tax driven. I mean, the income tax side. There's definitely an income tax compliance burden that comes along with if you're now registered for sales tax, you might likely be registered or you might have a compliance burden for income tax. Income tax software has been around for a lot longer and is pretty manageable. When I talk about the sales tax, it's that software is mostly sales tax. Right. Well, let's go back to your Excel example or a calendar example. You know, these uh, these states and the sales tax have different due dates. Mm-hmm. Uh, different mm-hmm. periods when you file. Yep. And so again, you'll put in a system that helps manage, manage that. that. Yeah. Most um, sales tax returns are due between the 15th and the 20th every month. And if you're on a monthly frequency, 
And there's no like, you know, you can't extend it. It's right. they're due. And so managing that, especially if you have multiple entities and, and getting all those returns done by those due dates, because they're pretty strict and they're, they come around pretty quickly, is you have to have something that can help you manage that. So those returns are due monthly unless you have to file quarterly or semi-annual or, or, sem- or, or once a year, depending yeah. on your sales divided yep. by two. Depending and, on the state. And, and so it, yeah. uh, it, it can create quite a burden on yes. your, your accounting yes. uh, staff. And most of the, you know, a lot of the clients that I work with, don't, they don't have a big tax department. They don't have multiple people to do this. They have, you know, maybe an accounts receivable lady who has to do all this as well too. So, you know, it's it's a lot of burden to say now you got to do it not just Ohio but fifteen more states. And accounts payable lady. I'm sorry. Is that is that, uh, is, that is that proper term? Accounts payable person. Yes, yes. There you go. I, well, <laughs> you know, we have to be gender correct I, here. I know. I'm you know, sorry. That just, just slipped out. And no problem there. Uh, processes, software, and process improvements mm-hmm. can. Again, what we're, I, I'm looking for the word audit proof a business. Is that maybe, am I on the right yeah, track Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people with, and it's not just, you know, the software, the sales tax management, but there's also process improvements that you can do just on your payables. Like when you're buying things, are you paying use tax? How is that process accomplished? Is it just by one person checking off these vendors don't charge us tax? How do we you know, self-assess for these? Or is there a process coming in? You're getting a download of all the purchases you didn't pay tax on, and here's what I need to assess. You know, we can look at things from a, a, an overview and see how can we do this better and faster and more accurately to protect ourselves. With the exemption certificate, just having a software that's tracking the exemption certificates, tracking when they're valid, tracking when they need to be updated, is a huge compliance protection to prevent audit problems going forward. You know, one of the things that that we've run into collectively when you start talking to, you know, clients, you say, well, what about your exemption certificate? Mm-hmm. And they kind of look at you like, you What's know, what, what is that? <laughs> yep. And, uh, you know, the accounts payable lady keeps track of the exemption <laughs> certificates. Yep, yep. And, and it usually in a box or a binder in the corner. And in the warehouse. They, they haven't been updated for 10 years. With the, le- with 10 the leaky years. roof. Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. So how often do those exemption certificates need to be obtained? Some of them, you know, it's a good practice to update them every three to four years. But... In reality, a lot of people don't do that, but there's some that expire every year. Florida expires every year. I think it's Arizona expires every year. And not only that, but you could get an exemption certificate from a customer in California and they gave you a permit number and it was good at that time. But like two years later, they closed that, got a different number. You have the wrong number on your certificate. It's no good under audit. And you won't know that unless you're actually updating or under audit. And then you find out and that's not fun. Yeah. Well, you'd mentioned earlier that a lot of states are hiring or subcontracting a gunslinger yep. to uh, come out and, and find folks and, yep. and do this. So again, audit proof uh, is is pretty good. And it's having huge. an audit trail, mm-hmm. you know, the audit trail certainly would be the one would be the exemption certificate, mm-hmm. the software, the trail, the yep. invoices, yep. the consistency. And I think with sales tax, and, and there's a ton of gray areas from state to state over how to even determine what something's taxable or not. But having that audit trail, having a document that says, okay, 
I don't know if the software should be taxable in this state or that state, but I'm going to make a decision and we're going to do it like this and have a solid process behind it so that you can say to the auditor, this is our thought process. Tell me why it's wrong. Tell me how we can correct it. But this is what we were trying to do and we're trying to do it right. I think if you leave it to chance and you have to come up in the back end and say, well, we think we did it because of that, it's never going right. to, it's never going to fly. You know, I can think of uh, one of our listeners out there is kind of thinking, oh, okay. They're ones that say, okay, let them catch me. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll start that next year. Mm -hmm. uh, and that we heard that the last two years. But, you know, here we are. It's the middle of 2019. You know, the, the thought would be, oh, I'll just wait and start afresh uh, January 1, 2000, you know, 2020. Mm -hmm. And uh, you could start that process today. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. To. And I think states, because of the Wayfair laws, because they're still being talked about and addressed and changed, we've seen the states take the transaction rule, the threshold of 200 transactions and, and get rid of it in a couple of states because they don't want to punish the little guy who has a bunch of transactions, but their sales are low. Right. So I think there's some leniency. I'm, we, I was just asked this question this morning because I said, is there a window where they're going to really start cutting down and, and get, and I think there is. I think they want people to get ahead of this as soon as possible. So, so if I do get caught, is there any uh, amnesty? <laughs> Not a lot. I'm just, I'm just I, thinking ahead. Know, I'm just would, thinking ahead here. <laughs> you know, even even because of the economic nexus rules that have gone into place, you know, I can't. I can say if you're only hitting it because you're hit the economic nexus right now. What you got? Three months, six months of exposure. But if they don't do anything, I use that same risk assessment. Instead of going seven years back, I go seven years forward. If you don't do anything, this is what you're going to owe in seven years, and that's they have to keep in mind because you can wait, but here's where your exposure. And if you haven't started the statute, right. you're going to have. So where you come into play as a consultant is, is you really kind of talk with our clients to help them, you know, get started. Mm -hmm. Not that you're going to do everything and make all the entries, but you will help them get started, help mm -hmm. them understand, mm -hmm. develop a process, yep. maybe come in and check the uh, oil every now and then, mm -hmm. make sure they're doing it correctly. Yep. But I also do, and I've done this a little bit with one of our, our larger clients. I've helped with the taxability. They're doing an implementation right now with Avalara. And they had a, another contractor that had a direct relationship between it. So I wasn't doing the connecting of the computer systems or anything like that. But I'm reviewing their taxability to make sure okay. that it's being set up. So we can do different levels different of phases. That. Right. I, I have the unique talent of being able to talk to IT people and tax people and put it together. That is so unique. That they, so that they can actually yeah. understand what the other one needs. How about marketing? Can you talk to marketing uh, people? I'm marketing. Yeah, well, that's a strange breed, isn't it? You know, just, it really is. Yep. So, you know, I want to kind of wrap up here, okay. you know, the couple takeaways that we have, you know, certainly mm -hmm. the software can simplify the tax calculation. Yep. That's That's probably number one. Uh, the compliance burdens. And if you try to do it yourself, I think it's just going to eat you alive. Yep. And so a software solution is is certainly there. And audit proof of business, get your audit trail. And the last thing is, man, you know, give you, give you a call. Mm -hmm. We want our listeners to give you a call. Just have a, a, a brief conversation to see if, you know, to get this thing implemented on the yep. right track. Absolutely. And don't be afraid of the cost. I think people are so afraid that it's going to be out of their realm of reasonable. And I think softwares, these softwares have come down a bit and to try to capture this. Well, the old audience. saying goes, you know, if you think the cost of compliance is high, wait till you get caught. Yep. 
Exactly. And uh, I, I think the message is you're not getting caught for one year. No. It's multiple years. Right. And it hurts. And penalties. And, and it hurts. Yep. And it hurts. So yep. our guest today has been Kathy LaMonica with Ray and Associates in our Cleveland, Ohio office. It's been interesting to learn about the various types of software solutions that are available to help businesses with today's tax challenges. Thanks for sharing your expertise and insight, Kathy. Thank you. It's great job. Great to be here. Listeners, if you'd like to learn more about some of the solutions Kathy mentioned today or would like to more insight into the Wayfair case, we've got you covered at www.raycpa.com. You're also welcome to reach out to Kathy directly. Her contact information will be included in today's episode notes, or you can simply call one of Ray's 12 offices throughout the state of Ohio. And one more thing before I sign off, Have you subscribed to Unsuitable yet on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or YouTube? What are you waiting for? You can also give us feedback or share episodes with your friends and colleagues. Remember, sharing is caring. Until next time, I'm Dave Kane, encouraging you to loosen up your tie and think outside the box. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance.